Only you can stop a space vampire from landing on Earth. A bloodthirsty vampire from a distant planet has occupied a spaceship in the outer reaches of the solar system. As the Space Academy's top recruit, it's your job to capture the vampire before he reaches Earth, where the alien creature plans to feast on the planet's population. But as soon as you board his spacecraft, the vampire immediately corners you. What should you do? If you jump into the spaceship's escape capsule and blast your way through the emergency hatch, turn to page 42. If you face the vampire and try to outwit him, turn to page 32. Watch out. The space vampire has a strange power over humans. If you're not careful, you could become a vampire yourself. Or you might find your way to the vampire planet where you can negotiate a truce with the vampire chief. What happens next in the story depends on the choices you make. Only you can find out how the story ends. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star of more than 24 endings. Choose your adventure book 71, Space Vampire. Written by Edward Packard and illustrated by Judith Mitchell. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, where we read vintage Choose Your Adventure books and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I almost botched that up. (laughs) Just so excited to get to the space vampire. Space vampire. Especially considering that there's no UV protection in space. I was just trying to imagine which which vampire I'm going to pretend it is. And I think I've settled on Gary Oldman. I was thinking more Edward Cullen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if he's going to survive in the sun, then he'll just glitter. But mm. he needs to be sparkly and he needs to romance me. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but on the cover, I mean, the cover looks like it's classic Dracula. Yeah. It yeah. Does. Standing in front of the sun. It's been a while <laughs> since I've seen it, but he. I think he kind of reminds me of Monster Squad Dracula. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, he does right. look like that. Mm-hmm. He's full on Monster Squad. I didn't even think of that until you said that. Are you ready for eternal daylight, bitches? Oh, you have to use your Dracula voice. <laughs> Try. Oh, sweet. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have when a space vampire invades the solar system. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make decisions and choices. Your choices may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have will be the result of your own choices. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Caution. The space vampire has extraordinary powers and a terrifying appetite. Good luck. Okie doke. All right. I mean, I'm fine with all that. (laughs) (laughs) Basking under the imitation sun, listening to tapes of surf on a Hawaiian beach, you think about all you've been through lately. Training in the asteroid belt, then the slalom race around Saturn, weaving through its high-velocity rings... And finally, surviving with no equipment, nothing but a light gravity spacesuit during three-week trials on Jupiter's largest moon. Four years at Space Academy and you've made it. You'll graduate tomorrow, and if you did well on the quantum mechanics exam, you'll be at the top of your class. I botched that entirely. (laughs) No, we were hanging out on the beach, fake beach instead. After centuries of strife... The planets of the solar system united and formed a space force to protect themselves against alien intruders. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, space force! (laughs) The the uninhabited planets of the solar system Uh and Earth Uh united to create space force. Space force. (laughs) Brilliant. This is Edward Packard, right? Uh Yep. All right. Although Earth is still the most important planet, (laughs) 
<laughs> Obviously. <It> sure is. <laughs> the Academy is stationed in high orbit around Mars. Delicately. Oh, I feel a doom situation coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Delicately balanced so as to be able to blast off with almost no drag in the event of an attack. It's been known for millennia that Canopians have been preparing for war, that they will be satisfied with nothing less than conquest of the United Planets. So far, they have not dared to attack. It will be your job to make sure they never do. You step out of the simulator and head back to your room on the inner ring of the giant space station that houses the Academy. Turn to page 39. Did we go from page one to page 39? Yes, we did. Wow. That doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Well, there's more than there's more than 24 endings, so you got to make room for all those. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You've hardly walked in the door when a beeper sounds from the black box mounted on your small titanium desk. You grab a communicator and answer with your code name. Osprey here. Like the bird? Yep. Yeah. I wonder how he got that code name. Code 11, director's office. Wilco, you click out and hurry out the door. What's going on? Code 11 means drop everything you're needed at once by the director of the academy. That would be odd under any circumstances. Why now when you're just about to board the shuttle for Earth? You hurtle through a gravity chute and jog along the ring corridor. Security waves you through without even asking for hologram display. This must be urgent. Oh, man. No hologram display? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Here's a holographic version of the 3D version of me right in front of you. Yep. <laughs> a sliding panel opens and you enter the director's outer office. The panel closes behind you. You're alone in a large room lighted by incandescent surface of the ceiling. You stand still as electronic waves scan your body for weapons. Even your brain waves are being measured. If they showed a suspicious pattern, you would be hustled away in seconds. But this does not happen. Instead, a wall swings open and you pass into the cheerful, warmly furnished study of the director. This is your first close-up look at Jason Neff, a gray-haired man with a finely trimmed beard and blue eyes. He taps a wooden pipe in an ashtray and walks around the desk to shake your hand. Turn to page two. Why the fuck are we going from (laughs) one to 39 to two? To fuck with us. Okay. (laughs) Edward Packard, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Sit down, Osprey. I'm glad you could get here so quickly. Neff points a finger at you as if he's about to accuse you of something. Then a smile breaks out on his face. I'm happy to tell you that you're first in the graduating class. You've been given an elite rating. This was the Code 11? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Valedictorian Code 11. Wow. Thank you is all you can blurt out. Suddenly, the smile vanishes from Neff's face. But remember, you'll be expected to live up to your elite rating every day. His voice is stern. We have a problem, and we need the best young officer we can get. We thought our defenses were secure, but the United Planets are in grave danger. What's the problem, sir? Is it the Canopians? Though his study is soundproof, the director glances around as if afraid he might be overheard. Have you ever heard of space vampires? No, tell me more. (laughs) Vampires? What are you smoking? (laughs) Sir, are are you serious? I thought they were only legend. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Neff shakes his head. If only they were legendary. The reason vampires are rare on Earth is that they must be in their coffins by daybreak or they die. That is a considerable inconvenience to them. Doesn't that make them easy to deal with, sir? Go on to the next page. Yeah, we have a son. That's why they hate Earth. Page 1, page 39, page 2, page 3. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I, I was thinking the same thing, but yeah. 
The director removes his spectacles and rubs his eyes before replying, No. In all other respects, vampires are almost superhuman. They're tremendously strong and clever and almost indestructible. Their only weakness is that they cannot survive bright sunshine. What about outer space? Beyond Earth's orbit, where the sun is not so bright? The director nods. That's the problem exactly. He motions toward a large star chart mounted on the wall. Outside the orbit of Earth, vampires are almost invulnerable. And we've recently learned that a vampire from a distant planet is at large in the solar system. Last week, he got aboard a transport ship, Petya, which is en route from Callisto to Earth. He's been killing the passengers at a rapid rate, at least one every night. I'd watch this episode of The Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) Neff leans closer. His face pales as he adds, We think this vampire was sent to the solar system to sample human blood. It's evident he likes it. If we don't capture him before he returns to his own planet, we may face a massive invasion of vampires. You start to speak, but the director silences you with his outstretched hand. We're sending our new X-2 probe craft to deal with this threat. Space launch tomorrow at 0700. I'm offering you a berth on this mission. I can't tell you more about it now. You'll be briefed on board the X-2. You lean against Neff's antique oak desk, too stunned to reply. I'm stunned that he couldn't tell me more. (laughs) Will you accept this assignment, he asks. If not, you'll be assigned on the mission to Barnard's Star to see whether its main planet is suitable for colonization. If you go on the mission to deal with the space vampire, turn to page 31. You know, the title of the book, (laughs) that one. Or... If you go on the mission to Barnard's Star, uh, you can turn to page nine. Huh. I know it's a tough choice. I am intrigued. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. That she would give us this option. Yeah. But I'd rather go after the vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm still intrigued by this. (laughs) Yeah. as 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 an option. Like, you want this super dangerous secret mission or this... Like, totally normal, last-of-the-class type mission. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just mark that page just in case. Okay. Thank you. On your way to board the X-2 the next morning, you stop by the kitchen for an early breakfast. Maurice, the head cook, hands you a packet of garlic cloves. <laughs> the meals on space missions are not as good as those of you had here at the Academy, he says. Add some of this garlic to your food whenever you want to improve its taste. Or save it for vampires. (laughs) Maurice doesn't know. (laughs) Maurice doesn't know. You pocket the garlic and thank Maurice. Two hours later, the X2 blasts off. You're on board with... Garlic in my pocket. (laughs) You're on board with... (laughs) Along with Captain Rick Feld, Serena Fine, Navigator and Jack Smythe, Communicator. As soon as the ship is clear of the asteroid belt, Captain Field assembles the crew for a briefing. Field looks closely at each of you. We're facing an enemy that is far more dangerous than common aliens. Some of our top scientists have been working for years trying to figure out the best method for capturing a space vampire. We have special Karelian sensors aboard that can detect his presence. But that alone is not enough. We must work as a team and... Red alert! The computer's voice sounds throughout the ship. Canopian attack craft closing in at 040-655. Field looks at you. If you ever want to take command of a starship, you'll have to convince me that you know what to do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. You're on the spot and you feel the pressure. But that's the Space Force way. (laughs) That's choose your own adventure, baby. (laughs) If you say, let's fight, turn to page 12. If you say, let's see if we can outrun them, turn to page 20. I mean, they're not the main objective. Right. 
but I kind of feel like we get punished if we ran. Right. I mean, they're not here for friendly purposes, so we might as well fight them. All right. Yeah, let's go ahead and fight them. Fight them. I feel like this is a wasted page. Yeah. I just want the vampires. This better not be another you are a shark thing where we just never get to the fucking Oh my vampire. god. Shark, yeah. That would be so bad, but also so good, too. <laughs> would not be good. Bracing stations, the captain calls out, then to the computer, Hyper 3. Suddenly, you realize that Captain Field isn't taking your advice. But there's no time to ask him to explain his thinking. If you're not in acceleration braces within 3.4 seconds, you'll have no chance of surviving the X2's leap into metaspeed. Later, in the limitless void of space, the captain explains, You've proven your bravery, Osprey, but not your intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why they hired me to X-Force. Mm -hmm. Space when Force. You, when you advised me to fight the Canopians, you forgot that we're on a critical mission. We can't delay it for a shootout with trigger-happy aliens. He pats your shoulder. Sorry, Osprey. Three days later, you find yourself shooting pool at the officer's club on Demos Base 3 while you wait for reassignment. You're making terrible shots because you're fighting mad. Sure, you knew the rule. If you want to keep an elite rating, you have to be perfect. You made a mistake, and now you'll probably be given some boring job on a patrol ship. If only you could prove your worth. You weren't the first in your class for nothing. You feel sure you can get that vampire, but how? You quit the game and stroll around the base, walking unhindered past several security eyes. Though you've been stripped of your elite rating, the information hasn't filtered through the system. As far as the computer eyes are concerned, you still have top secret clearance. So, and you just they just dumped you on a planet during yeah. their like super intense high top secret mission. <laughs> Does it feel I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Your no. captain goes, there's four of us in this crew. A whopping four of us. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question and if you fail it, I'm kicking you out of the crew. Yeah, I'm going out of my way to go to this other planet. <laughs> Drop you off. Page 18. Ahead of you is a small hangar. Its door is open, revealing the newest experimental craft in Space Force. Steal a new craft. Yeah. The KY. <laughs> oh, KY sorry. Jelly? Sorry, K1. K1. Okay. Now, this is our path to being a space rogue. Mm hmm. You studied the simulated model in your last year in the Academy and wrote your graduation thesis on this craft. Convenient. The K-1 in the hangar is the only model yet built, and it's still being tested. You know all about it. Its capabilities, equipment, limitations, everything. If there was ever a chance to prove your worth to show you can capture the space vampire, this is it. You walk up to the craft. Two workmen are nearby repairing meteor damage on another ship, but they pay no attention to you. There's no need for them to worry that you might not be on official business. The computer eyes would never fail to spot an intruder, so they think. Feeling as if you were in a dream, you climb into the cockpit and settle into the pilot seat. The incredibly complex array of controls and instruments is exactly as you remembered in the simulator. You just can't believe your good luck. There's no doubt in your mind that this is the most advanced spacecraft in the galaxy, and you're seated at the controls. If you decide to borrow, mm -hmm. in quotation marks, the K-1 and set out on your own private mission to capture the space vampire, turn to page 7. If you decide to play it safe and follow the rules, turn to page 25. Fuck the rules. No, we're Han Solo in this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Sophisticated as the K-1 is, its beautifully designed servo computer makes the ship relatively easy to fly, at least for someone who has mastered its technical aspects. After a few moments' thought, you're able to remember the code sequence that brings the ship under your control. Glancing through the canopy, you notice that the workmen are staring at you. It's beginning to dawn on them that you have no business sitting at the controls of the most advanced fighter in the solar system. 
Suddenly, one of them is running toward a control panel. You know that in a moment, a heavy steel door will crash shut and an ion force field will surround your craft. 683381R. You punch in the emergency takeoff code. Microseconds after you've hit the last key, the K1 leaps forward. I have a feeling that we didn't need to know that code. <laughs> like <laughs> us personally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the craft is tilting into launch aspect. You hear a siren. The guard robots are in the air. What's wrong? Why isn't the computer launching your craft? There they are, guard craft swooping toward you. Then you remember, you must press the confirm launch key. But where is it? <laughs> there. Sounds like my work. <laughs> oh, you have to press OK. Instantly, you feel the tremendous acceleration of the K-1 lifting off. You black out. <clears throat> when you wake up, you're in deep space. By the optical distortion of nearby constellations, you can tell you're traveling at meta speed. You don't know whether you were pursued by attack craft, but you're not worried. They couldn't come close to catching the K-1. Computer display basic data, you command. The following information appears instantly on the screen. Course 482216. Speed C... <laughs> oh. Speed C square root of negative five. Okay. <laughs> That's not even better. Course C works yeah. much better. I think that might be better, yeah. Yeah. C C times the square root of negative five. Okay. Uh fuel reserve three days. At your command, the computer locates the Petya. Set intersect course, you command. You wonder if the Space Force Command will guess your intentions and try to intercept you. No matter, the K-1 can evade any attack force. At least, that's what the flight manual says. <laughs> After preparing a meal from the craft's kitchen... Kitchenera? Sure. Kitchenera. Yep. Hey. You ask the computer to advise you on how to fight a space vampire. <laughs> the search takes several minutes. Finally, the answer appears on the screen. Space vampires... These creatures can only be killed by sunlight stronger than at midday on Mars. Weapons are useless against them. The only way they can be captured is, is with an M30 force field generator. Approach a space vampire with extreme caution and preferably with at least one backup. They have almost superhuman strength. They are extremely clever and persuasive. You check your equipment inventory. There are two M30 FFGs aboard. What a spacecraft. But maybe you should contact your friend Steve. Steve. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should contact Steve. Who's stationed at Delta Base and try to get him to back you up. If you proceed directly to intercept the Petya, turn to page six. If you try to get Steve to join you as backup first, turn to page 35. I don't think we need Steve. Well, I mean, if we're faster than Steve, uh -huh. he could serve a purpose. I mean, that's true. I mean, he is Steve. <laughs> he is Steve. I do kind of want to meet Steve. Uh, I think this is a more important bookmark than the last bookmark. I, I just did it. Okay. Good. I think we avoid Steve for now. Okay. If we need to, we go back and meet Steve. Okay. All right. With half the Space Force looking for you, you don't dare try to get help. You'll take on the Space Vampire yourself. K-1 is not only fast, it accelerates and decelerates more quickly than any craft in the fleet. And the navigational system operates flawlessly. Within a few hours, you're coasting to a rendezvous with the Petya. Pulling alongside the large silver-hulled vessel, you have a weird sensation. It's as if you are visiting an Egyptian tomb. There's no way you can tell how many passengers are still alive inside, but you can almost feel death. 
Your spaceship can't tell that? <laughs> you can almost feel death through the skin of the Petya. Hmm. You shudder as you lock on your K-1. After taking a deep breath, you snap on your space helmet, grab the FFG, leap into space, and jet to the Petya's main hatch. Quickly, almost too quickly, you think, the hatch slides open, and you step inside a dark cube-shaped room. The outer door closes behind you. You hear a hiss of air. The inner door slides open, and you step into a well-lighted corridor. Where is everybody? Dead. Who let you in? The vampire. <laughs> You'd almost rather face the vampire than this emptiness. You walk forward cautiously, looking for the control room. If there's anyone on the ship, someone must be on watch. Suddenly, a man is standing before you. His black hair glistens in the fluorescent light. His skin is sparkly like glitter. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, no, it doesn't say nope. that. Yes, Damn it does. It. Keep going. Yes, it does. <laughs> His face is so white, he looks like a robot or an android. But you can tell that his eyes, his great hollow eyes, are real. You not only see them, you feel them boring into your brain. The vampire advances toward you step by step by step. Your fingers twitch as you try to aim your FFG. But the highest part of your brain, the part that makes judgments, is paralyzed by the deathly glare of the vampire who steps closer, 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 until, with one swift motion, he seizes your neck. In that fleeting moment, you realize weapons are useless against this creature whose great power lies not just in speed or strength but in his irresistible will. The end. <laughs> wow, your face Space Force training really was for naught there. Mm -hmm. For naught. <laughs> oh. So right. the two, two pages I have marked are Steve or... Uh, it was I'm going to do the weird Barnard thing. Star. Barnard uh, Star, yeah. Yeah. I'm more interested in Steve than Barnard Steve. Star. Yeah, let's meet, let's meet our stoner friend Steve. Steve, the guy who should have just been there the whole time. Yeah. Yep. You slide into orbit around T443. Sure a do. useless asteroid not far from the Delta base where Steve Winters is stationed. Steve was one of the top pilots in your class. He just missed getting an elite rating himself. He basically lost the elite rating to you is what it sounds like. Hmm. And now he's on a useless asteroid. Dude, if you're not first, you're last. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The two of you vowed to keep in touch and even developed a secret code so you could communicate <laughs> with each other without being overheard by SF intelligence. You wrote it in each other's yearbooks. Wow. <laughs> San Francisco intelligence? <laughs> Space Force. Space, Space Force. Force intelligence. <laughs> You beam Steve a message explaining the situation and ask him to meet you at Point Alpha, 300,000 kilometers from asteroid M33. You'll be well positioned to intercept the Petya there. Within minutes, he radios back. I'm sick of patrol duty. I want action. Wait for me at Point Alpha. Three hours later, you break out of hyperspace and decelerate as you approach Point Alpha. Ahead of you are six Space Force attack ships. Surrender at once. The voice message confirmed by your computer as an official Space Force command drowns out every other sound. You know Steve would never betray you. SF intelligence must have cracked your code. Aww. Now you're up against it. You have the hottest spacecraft in the solar system, but you seem completely boxed in. If you surrender, turn to page 43. If you try to escape, turn to page 27. If you try to think of something else to do, turn to page 71. <laughs> oh my god, let's do that one! If we try to think, try to turn think. to page 71. Not yeah, even think, just, not even think, just try to try think. Try to think. 
Third option. Third option. Yeah, I'm down with that. Hell yeah. I've always <laughs> wanted to try to think. Oh, I don't know, dude. Trying to think doesn't work out too well in these books. <laughs> it works out well ever. <laughs> There's only one thing you can think of. A ploy. Ooh. A ploy that's about as wild as trying to cross the ocean on a windsurfer. You bolt on your spacesuit and grab an emergency pack. You have one minute to surrender, the commander's voice sounds in your ears. You punch in 10 second delay, order the K1 to blast into hyper mode, and hit the emergency ejection switch. G-forces black you out, then you're aware of tumbling in space. You can see the K-1 trembling, trapped in a force field. The Space Force attack ships close in on it, but no one sees you drifting through space. With a fully equipped Mark III spacesuit, you can survive for at least seven days before oxygen and water are exhausted, and your jetpack can take you six million miles in that time. Holy shit! Jesus fuck! <laughs> awesome! But the odds against you reaching a planet or space station are, well, astronomical. You do know of something close by. The transport ship Petio should be passing nearby within hours. You train your pocket scope at the thousands of points of light along the west axis of the sun. Most of them are stars, but one of them, showing strong relative motion, is asteroid M33. There's a faint dot of light near it. Could it be the Petya in synchronous orbit around the asteroid? You've little doubt the vampire is taking control of the ship. He may have decided to hide it there after spotting the Space Force fleet. Neither the asteroid nor the vampire ship are appealing destinations, but you've nowhere else to go. Vampire ship is where we're supposed to go. Wait, what about fucking Steve? Where is he? He's Wasn't on the he... asteroid. I'm oh, pretty sure he betrayed wow. you. Oh, oh, okay. Probably. I mean, even though we don't think he did, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> wow, so negative. I know. You jet toward M33, flying on hope. Two days have passed, alone in a spacesuit with a jetpack on your back, traveling at 2,200 miles per hour. You feel as if you're absolutely motionless. Even with all your training, you're not prepared for the eeriness, the loneliness, and the stark, strange beauty of drifting alone in space. You sleep. You dream. You sip vitamin-enriched, orange-flavored water. Tang? Tang? Mm-hmm. And every few hours, you take a bearing on M33. Three days have passed. Everything is the same except you're feeling weaker from lack of solid food. Five days, the asteroid is growing brighter through the, through the keister scope. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, how's Q- it spelled? Q-U-E-S-T-A-R. I think keister is the right pronunciation. Q-U- you're right. Q-U-E-S-T-A-R. S-T-A-R. Quester. Sure, Questar. Okay. Uh, The asteroid is growing brighter through the Questar scope. As you can make out its potato-like shape, then your heart skips a beat. The tiny light next to it has taken on an elongated shape. It's almost certainly the Petya. Seven days. Your food supply is almost gone. And more important, so is your oxygen supply. There's only a slight chance there's a galactic patrol station on M33. Yet, if you board the Petya, you could be walking into the arms and teeth of the space vampire. If you jet toward the asteroid M33, turn to page 21. If you jet toward Petya, turn to page 40. Petya is where we're supposed to go. Like, Mm. we're supposed to fight the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't M33 where Steve was supposed to meet you, though? Yes, you're supposed huh? to meet... Well, that's true, but I mean, Steve uh, might have betrayed us. Fucking mm-hmm. Steve. Mm-hmm. Fucking Steve. Um, 
All right. Well, let's see if we can hook up with Steve. If we can't hook up with Steve, we can come back and go to the yeah vampire ship. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Steve. Yep. Are you Team Steve or are you Team Edward? <laughs> Connie refuses to answer that. <laughs> Probably Team Steve. <laughs> and if Steve turns into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. If there's no patrol station on M33, you're as good as dead. And even oh. if there is, you'll have some fancy talking to do if you don't want to end up in jail. Still... It's a chance you'll have to take rather than walk into the arms of a space vampire. You calibrate your instruments and decelerate, then reverse thrust. As you coast in for a landing on M33, you spot a small domed structure protruding out of a rock. A Space Force installation. Yes! With with your last (laughs) bit of fuel, you jet to a landing a few feet away from the entrance and step unsteadily onto the asteroid's pitted metallic surface. You walk toward the dome, keeping one foot firmly on the ground. Gravity here is so light that if you jumped into the air, you wouldn't come down. You'd just go flying off into space. There's a notice posted on the entrance to the dome, and now you're close enough to read it. A new patrol station will be opening here soon. It will be be stocked with food, oxygen, and other emergency supplies. You shake the entrance door, but it's firmly locked. You stand there on the cold metallic ground. Your gauge shows that you have a three-hour supply of oxygen. Maybe the patrol station will be opened before it runs out. (laughs) But it doesn't seem likely. The end. Oh, boo! And then you shake your fist in the air and shout, Steve! (laughs) (laughs) Steve. (laughs) All right, so to the ship then? Yeah. What's the point of landing on an asteroid, you think? You'd have to be morons to do that. (laughs) Complete and utter failures of humanity to just go to an asteroid looking for some guy who probably doesn't even exist and probably betrayed you. (laughs) Oh, sorry. It didn't say that. (laughs) I'm sure it said (laughs) all of that. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point of landing on an asteroid? You think you'd probably die of oxygen starvation. Even if you were rescued, you'd have to face a long prison term. No, the only chance of saving yourself is to find and conquer the space vampire. You land gently against the Petya, a 200-foot-long cigar-shaped transport ship. You open the hatch with a laser torch, even though you know you might trigger the internal security alarm. UFO 5440, which was also written by Edward Packard, Mm -hmm. was another cigar-shaped UFO ship. Yes, it was. Hmm. He has a type of ship he likes. Penis-shaped. I mean, cigar shaped. <laughs> and dick ships. <laughs> dick ships. Ships. All about the dick ships. <laughs> you float in and shut the hatch behind you. You're now in an airlock. When the pressure equalizes, you'll be able to enter the ship itself. The airflow ceases, and you open the interior door and make your way along a well lighted corridor. They said lighted again. That annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Well lighted. Well well lit. Corridor. Yes. Well, okay, I see what you guys are saying. Yes. Like, why does that bother you? Well lighted. <laughs> I feel like lit. Actually, never mind. I was going to say, I feel like lit is a verb. Like you lit the darkness. Right. As opposed to you lighted the darkness. Yeah. And lighted is more like an adjective. But I don't know if that's actually correct in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not even going to pretend that I know. I feel like lit is what the kids are calling our podcast these days. Uh, You are 100% correct. (laughs) (laughs) You read the signs on various doors. Main computers. (laughs) It's all 40-year-olds. Yes. Main computers. Inertial guidance. Escape capsule. You stop. You'd better examine the escape capsule. You might need it. You open the door, pull out your mini light, 
and grope your way toward the castle. Capsule, sorry. Sexually assault our way towards the capsule. <laughs> you grope all over. You grope it. <laughs> and apparently it's a pear-shaped vehicle about the size of a sports car. Suddenly a force presses against your shoulder. A teenage girl is holding a knife at your throat. Okay. I now regret saying sexually assault. <laughs> yes, you do. Wait, you cry. The girl pulls back. You're not a vampire. I thought everyone else here was dead. I came from space, you say. <laughs> I'm with the Space Force, searching for the vampire, but I had to abandon my craft. The girl flashes a light on your face. You let her look at you for a few moments, realizing that your story is not an easy one to believe. She places her mouth almost to your ear. We must be very quiet. He may have already heard us. Okay, Newt. My name is Lori. What's yours? Call me Osprey, you answer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was her fucking code name. <laughs> Where are the other colonists? All dead, I believe, Lori answers. I've seen him stuff bodies into the waste tube and blast them into space. I'm the only one who's been able to keep out of sight. Where's the vampire? Tell me all you know about him, you say. Lori rests a hand on your shoulder as if to reassure you. He looks like an ordinary man, except he is very powerful looking. His skin is white as milk. His hair is black and shiny and looks as if it's made of metal wires. And his mouth is cruel. His lips have a rubbery look. You might almost think he was a human until he laughs. Until you see his long curved teeth like a wolf's. Lori buries her head in her hands for a moment. You open the hatch of the escape capsule and peer inside. Have you tried to escape this capsule, you ask? It looks as if it's ready to fly. She shakes her head. I know where the control lock is, but I haven't dared go near it. I'm afraid he'll be waiting for me. Lori, you lay a hand on her arm while you try to mansplain things to her. <laughs> Your new friend bites her lip. She nods and smiles a little. What does the vampire plan to do now that he's killed everyone? Suddenly you feel a presence in the chamber. I plan to make you vampires, a deep hollow voice fills the room. Well, no, what? He killed a bunch of people and then tossed them out the fucking airlock. Yeah. But we're the ones. We're, we're the, the lucky ones. ones. We're the chosen ones. Yep. All right, whatever. <laughs> a pale metallic light comes on, as weak and pale as the waning moon. Blocking the exit is a large, square-shouldered man dressed in the uniform of a Space Force commander. The awful, awful uniform of a seventies <laughs> <Yep. laughs> tastic uniform. His face is deathly white. His mouth is stretched into a malevolent smile. His upper lip bulges where his teeth press against it. As you see those teeth curved like blade of a scimitar, as a horrible laugh escapes his lips. Lori gasps. She huddles behind you as you desperately try to think what to do. We're trying to think here again, folks. Oh, God. We have a pocket full of garlic. If you push Lori into the escape capsule, jump in behind her and try to blast your way through the emergency hatch, turn to page 42. If you face the vampire and try to outwit him, turn to page 32. This, these were the choices that were on the back of the book. I'd say we run. <laughs> I want to face him. You want to face I, him? I have okay. a pocket full of garlic. Okay, let's face him and see how that goes. The vampire steps closer. Don't harm us and we'll help you, you say, stalling <laughs> for time. Okay. The Space Force is on the way. They'll blow you up into atoms. The vampire laughs cruelly. Of course I want you to help me. That there is why it is. That is why I let you come aboard this ship, and you shall help me by becoming vampires yourself. 
You cup your hands around Lori's ear. Can he really do that? You whisper. <laughs> I guess your computer didn't tell you that part. Lori is shivering with fear. He can do it, she says. He'll suck out half your blood and inject half of his own. Saying this is more than Lori can bear. She steps aside and lets out a wail. And then the a dolphin. And then a dolphin. The vampire moves slowly toward you, his watery eyes fixed on yours. Wait! You raise your hand, desperate to say anything to stop his advance. But what can you do? You know the vampire has almost supernatural power. There's almost no way you can defeat him. No way. If you try to convince the vampire that you can be more useful to him if he doesn't make you a vampire, turn to page 72. If you fire the last remaining jet on your spacesuit at him, turn to page 17. Huh. If Those you are the use choices. the garlic in your pocket, turn to page 69. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this garlic know. better not be by like that fucking Nothing. Small, that small metallic device in space and beyond that never gets mentioned again. The amulet, yeah, that your mother yeah. gives you that never. Yeah. Gets, this fucking is better amulet. That garlic had better be useful in this. It better be book. useful. Oh, talk to him or blast him. I kind of want to see what blasting them will do, but all right, I'm I can go with that. Okay. You fire the jet, and instantly you're slammed against the wall. The jet is designed for propulsion, not as a weapon. Whether or not it hurt the vampire, you have no way of knowing, for you're knocked cold. <laughs> well, that's a relief. <laughs> Hours later, you awaken in the comfortable quarters of the ship's captain. Okay. You're stretched out on the sofa. Your head propped up on an armrest. Lori is sitting nearby, looking very strange. Her eyes, which once were dark brown, are now a watery blue. She looks stronger. Her body seems much more muscular. Turning, you behold the vampire. His skin is deathly white, his black hair glistening, a cruel smile on his face as his steely eyes burn into yours. You jump to your feet and are at once surprised at the strength and power you feel in your body. You look at Lori. She returns your gaze with a glassy stare. Fuck yeah, we're now a vampire. You are a shark. Yeah. About time. <laughs> the vampire is smiling. I can see you're feeling better, he says. But you'll soon be getting thirsty. As he speaks, you feel a certain thirst, a strange, unnatural thirst. We are heading for Titan Station, the vampire tells you. You'll be glad to know that a new group of colonists just arrived there, each of them containing about two gallons of blood. <laughs> the end. Woo, vampire! I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't two gallons seem a little low? I don't yeah, know. it does. Well, no, we're only like made up of a certain number of pints of blood. I want to say seven, but it might be nine. Everybody's searching right now. <laughs> oh, we only have 1.2 to one and a half gallons. Yeah, I didn't oh. think. Yeah. Oh, so they're super juicy then. Uh -huh. oh, that gets me excited now. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Because they're juicy. I, I <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I like my fruit juicy. I figure as a vampire, I'll probably like my humans juicy. Sweet. <sighs> Blame all it right. on my juice. They're all pregnant because pregnant women have 30 to 50% more blood volume than women. Oh, yeah. That well, makes a lot of sense. Not disturbing at all. <laughs> no. That so makes all of the sense. Yeah. Uh, Yay, we got to be vampires without being awake for it. So that's good. Yeah. I think I'm going to recommend this book. I yeah. I think there's more. Uh-huh. So I think I'm going to recommend it because of the possibilities. I do think it took a long, long, long fucking time to get here, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like 
oh my god so much build up so much build up and now and, and maybe maybe the problem was that first choice you guys made you know where you turned to fight the guys and should have run right. away right uh, not first choice but like i don't know second or third choice or whatever. Third, yeah 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 at so. least we got to see the titular space vampire that's yes. what that's what we wanted at least i mean i'm sure i i know i wanted to become a vampire mm -hmm. so i'm i'm assuming you wanted that too but mm, i would rather have fought and defeated the vampire i i wanted yeah. that garlic to come into play like i <laughs> yeah. really yeah you don't I, set up I shit really, like that i really want to know if it does come into play though but i don't yeah. i mean we didn't find out this time so yeah maybe somebody yeah. can tell us yeah you and the audience if you've gone through this book more thoroughly than we have let us know if the garlic ever comes into play because it mm. really needed to it's the whole if there's a gun on the mantle in the first act it needs to be fired by the third act sort of thing mm -hmm. yes yeah check off garlic even if they don't use the garlic with the vampire and you do just end up using it to make some good chili some dank ass chili as long as it comes into play that's what i want yeah <laughs> I was a little more specific than that in my wants, but okay. Yes. Sure. yes. I, j I just want it used. I want to use it against the vampire. Yes. Fine. Chili's great. So sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I recommend it. It sounds like all of us are check marking this one. Yep. I think Except Edward Packard needed a win. Like it's <laughs> been a while since he put it out. Yeah. A good book. Yeah. This was a pretty good win for him. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah if you uh if you like choose your own adventure books want to check out more go to cyoa.com if you just love edward packard and everything he does does he have the is he the one with the website yes so, <laughs> ed, edwardpackard.com or something mm -hmm. yes <laughs> it's been so long since I've announced an Edward Packard book. It's been a while. I think you read the last Edward Packard book, too. I feel like I did, and I feel like it was like, I don't know, a year ago or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so go to edwardpackard.com, and if you want to check out more stuff from us, go to incrediblydaring.com. Don't forget we're on all of the social media things, more or less. So, you know, check us out. All of our links are at incrediblydaring.com. That too. Yeah. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. Bye. Bye.